Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Last week, we were so enthralled by Oprah's interview with Harry and Meghan, and we were very excited to hear that her next big high-profile interview would be with Chip and Joe. Chip and Joanna Gaines sat down with Oprah Winfrey to discuss... What did they discuss, Rachel? <laughs> they also didn't really sit down with, <laughs> with Oprah. This was the most bizarre thing I feel like I've ever seen in my life. It was like a hair less bizarre than like um, when Michael Jackson performed at Coachella. Like <laughs> the hologram. Yeah. Or the Prince, the Prince hologram. The um, Prince hologram. The, like this was so weird. So I guess, well, first of all, and I I should say I was incorrect about all of these interviews being done in the same backyard under the same pergola Mm. in in Montecito because this one took place in Oprah's garden in Maui. Mm -hmm. But Chip and Joe were not physically there because of COVID. So they green screened them in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just... It was so weird. Like, if you hadn't told me, and I guess I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate knowing that they weren't actually there. But yeah, I think it would have been 10 times worse if they hadn't told us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you can clearly see like the green screen, like waviness around their, like their bodies. Um, I guess they just wanted to flex a little like technology and be like, look, we can put them in the same room. And it, it does make for a nicer, I guess, viewing experience than two like zoom screens. So for sure. At what point chip got up and started like pretend gardening in Oprah's garden (laughs) and he would go off screen. And I mean, we all know that way too well in this era where we're all doing zoom calls where you move a fraction of an inch and your, you know, your face goes, blurry with the outline of the the background or mm-hmm. you know so th- I mean it was funny but so I mean we know that they're coming out with Magnolia Network they have a preview up on Discovery Plus right now which is where this also aired um on Oprah's Super Soul channel on Discovery Plus and uh so they talked a little bit about like their programming and what that's gonna be I mean the most insightful thing was just like the the issues that they went through the quote-unquote troubles that they went through before Fixer Upper and then like after they decided to take a break like kind of what their mental state was like after the fact um yeah they talked a lot about how they coped with fame I mean they did say like they were advised not to take time off like after they they had been filming Fixer Upper for five years she said like Joanna said people were like don't take time off like when they floated the idea but they they basically made the call and was like we're gonna take a year off and and they they said that they knew like this could be like this could be it for us like this could be the end of our fame but like I mean they were already so big at that point like did they really think that they were just gonna go back to being nobodies like no 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 (laughs) um yeah and overall I you're kind of getting at something I felt (laughs) I'm just going to come out and say it. I really didn't enjoy this. I found it to be a total snooze fest. (laughs) I thought it was sort of a lot of softballs. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I should just give credit to their media training. But I didn't feel like it revealed 
anything to me and just really portrayed them as annoyingly perfect. The annoyingly perfect couple that I really thought that I hated in the beginning. I mean, nothing. Yeah, it was really it was not a new story. There was no new persona that was presented. Um, I wrote down they spent like three quarters of the interview talking about how Joe grounded Chip in his life. Yeah, I can't count the number of times that Chip was like, you know, Joanna just grounded me and I was this big, you know, goofball, didn't have any direction, like talked a mile a minute, always wanted to be a people pleaser. Different from now. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Yeah, there's some transition that you went through that I yeah, I. Yeah, he did spend a lot of time just ooing and aahing of Joanna, which I mean is nice, but it it mm-hmm. almost felt put on. Well, and me. it's also like we know that, like you do that on your show, like we we know you do it in your books, like we know how you feel about each other, like you are each other's rocks. So I agree with you, like it didn't present anything new or interesting or different. Um, did you feel like he om- they almost were overselling it though? Because I almost felt like they were going it it almost seemed put on like and I almost questioned whether or not it was true yeah like maybe there's more problems bubbling under the surface I mean (laughs) it's like somebody trying to when you get overly defensive about a thing and proactively defensive about a thing it makes you wonder about the the truth behind it I guess I you're more cynical than I am so I just saw it as them just this is like I'm I'm kind of taking them at face value but um I I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was interesting when they started talking about like how Chip when he became famous he quote unquote lost a part of himself um mm-hmm. and then Joanna kept talking and Chip kept talking but they never said what he lost like they it was it was so like general they just spoke yeah. in so like generic general terms and yeah. I wanted Chip to go into like what did you lose Chip like what and Joe said something about like authentic interactions with fans but I'm like that's just fame like when you get really famous and like a fan comes up and is like can I have an autograph I imagine it's gonna feel kind of weird and inauthentic because it's like I don't know who this person is (laughs) and you're trying to be like normal but it's not normal and so I don't know. There were just so many general things about this interview. And I was like, we want specifics. But I don't think Chip and Joe are ever going to give us specifics. No, it did seem to go around in circles. Um, It didn't seem to answer any questions. It didn't give us any sort of dark underbelly of (laughs) what life has really been like for them or what Mm -hmm. filming was really like or the toll that it's taken on them. Mm -hmm. It was was just annoyingly perfect. in a way that I, I I didn't find endearing. I mean, I've grown to like them a lot, and I like watching them on screen. But this was just for me personally. It was just too much. It was yeah. Um, the thing that I really found enthralling about the Meghan and Harry interview was that there was it was raw, and mm-hmm. it did seem uh, truthful and authentic. And this just didn't. Yeah. Um, and even the even the anecdotes that were presented as like a peek behind the the curtain seemed I, I just like which I anecdote like, like talking about like their son driving and stuff um no I was referring more to the fact that they ended the toward the end of the interview they revealed that they don't own a tv oh, and that yeah they watch episodes of fixer upper all seven of them or whatever 
gathered around a tiny computer screen. And I just thought, that is so stupid. Like, just <laughs> get a TV. Like, that's the dumbest thing. I know. Um, I, I don't know. Just even that anecdote just seemed very, golly gee, like, we're just the perfect family. And I know. I just, we don't need a television. We we have a... We have an animal farm that we, our, our children help us plant beets and tend to the goats. And like, there is so much to do and so much to discover. And there is yeah. no need for a television. It's like, all right, cool. Like it's you just and got your Waco farm. Okay, great. Um, I mean, one thing that I did agree with was at the very end, um, Oprah asked Joe, uh, what's the secret to a well-lived life? And she said, contentment. And just finding, you know, contentment in the, the, the place you are right now. And, and you know, you may think someday I'll get to that next level. But if you can be content with some of the things that you have right now, then that's, you know, as opposed to thinking in the future. It's I guess it's all about like being present or something. I don't know. <laughs> but to that, I would say they obviously weren't content enough to just stay off of TV. I know it's like I almost that's the question I wanted Oprah to ask was like all right you guys took a year like and you also said like if this is it we're okay with it so what was it that got you back on TV yeah there was something there that made me feel like they're not practicing what they preach like obviously I mean obviously the fact that like they now own a net like a channel on a big um, umbrella of channel like clearly like the money <laughs> is like yeah. the thing all these things that they say don't matter but yeah they have to matter but then they also to that though like they come out of this like we're helping people and like we're telling people stories with our new shows and like you know it's it's more about like showing charity and helping people and you can do that if you have like a big tv network so but they also have shows where it's a joanna cooking show and shim <laughs> runs a ma- chip runs a marathon <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that helps people in some weird way who knows watching chip train for a marathon they're telling their own stories i don't know yes i'm a cynic but and it's not going to stop me from enjoying Fixer Upper or Fixer Upper right. or Welcome Home. But right. I just was like, mm, this is not this is not the content I came here for. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy watching or hearing Chip call Oprah Miss Winfrey for half the interview. And then finally <laughs> she had to be like, you need to stop and call me Oprah. I know. I think he was just trying to be a Southern gentleman. I he do. was. It was. That was cute. It was I cute. Appreciated that. It was very sweet. And she's like, Oprah, call me Oprah. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to call you Mr. Gaines. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Very cute. Um, well, you know, yeah, I will continue to watch Fixer Upper Welcome Home and, and maybe I'll dip my toe in some of their other programming. I think Oprah said that uh, Magnolia Network officially launches in July of this mm-hmm. year, right? So that's what she said. I thought it was later, but um, yeah, I, Oprah's word is gospel. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so if if you watched the uh, the Oprah Chip and Joe interview, let us know what you thought. You can email us podcastrealtor.com. Look us up on social media. We're at House Party Pod. Um, let us know your thoughts. Are we just being too hard on? national treasures chip and joe or um 
was it just the same old hat like we like we thought let us know um let's pivot (laughs) harsh pivot hard right turn um kind of I mean, regardless, you know, a little date, couple days here, a couple days there. It's pretty much the year anniversary of working from home and the pandemic and the the change of our lives as we know it. Um, we definitely responded to a piece that we saw from the New York Times about ridiculous pandemic purchases. And it made me think of some of the purchases that I made over the pandemic but did you have any like crazy decor purchases or even like how has your how has the pandemic kind of like changed your decor, I guess? No, yeah. I mean, I really appreciated this New York Times piece that talked about the most ridiculous purchases people made during the pandemic. I I don't relate to it in the sense that I had ridiculous purchases, but I definitely had a lot of purchases and many of them were decor and home related because I really use this time and I think you did too, Natalie, to evaluate what I wanted to do with my space. I got rid of so much stuff. Um, I sold stuff. I goodwilled stuff and I replaced it. Um, And I'm still working on it Mm -hmm. even now. But uh, yeah, I mean, my apartment today looks 180 completely different than it did a year ago when we shut down. Do you what motivated that? Do you think was it just because you were at home and you were just staring at it all the time and you're like the time has come or yeah think I think I think that was that that was it and you you couldn't ignore it any longer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all the excuses that I had always made about getting around to it because oh I don't have time because I'm always at the office or I'm always running errands or I'm always doing this or that I'm never home that went out the window. <laughs> Because we so, were always home. <laughs> yeah. So I had no I had no excuse anymore but to start to get started on it. So what were some of the big ticket items that you purchased? Because I know, but I want you to share yeah. with the class what you purchased. I'll share with the class. I got a new sofa um, with a chaise lounge for, you know, cozying up with a yes. book or in front of the TV. I got a new TV. I did a Black Friday sale. Rachel and I have the same television. We do have the same television we learned. I got a TV stand for it. Um, I got a rug, which I'm not very pleased with. And I can go on a whole other diatribe sometime we... about <laughs> the perils of rug shopping. We um, have been in the same boat with that. Uh-huh. I don't hate it, but it's just... My my TLDR for this, folks. If uh, if you're gonna buy a rug, you better know that you that you like it because mm-hmm. returning it is really not gonna be yep an option. You um, better have those. Get those pictures. Ask all the questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I did successfully turn return a rug, but it was an, a nightmare, and I had to get help with it. So yeah. Um, I definitely uh, improved upon my home bar. I have I bought new wine glasses, new whiskey glasses. Nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty extensive. That's like a full flip of your of your apartment. Well, it's, uh, there's still some work to do, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. those are like the yeah. big items. Those are big items, though. I did, I did a lot of big items, and then I got rid of the the stuff that was here that I wasn't happy with anymore. Mm-hmm. I I mean so. I obviously didn't stay in the same 
place because we moved in June uh, 2020. So we got the fun activity of transporting some of our stuff across country and then whatever we didn't bring, we bought here. So we bought a new sofa. Um, Just like Rachel, we opted for the chaise lounge, which I am sitting on right now currently (laughs) and uh, I love it and so does my dog. Um, It's been fun, but yeah, there's like still stuff. Like we need some some art it's like little things like accessories and art and Mm -hmm. just little touches to make it feel more personal you know didn't you get um an instant pot or no you'd had that you've had I got a (gasps) a toaster combo air fryer but that was before the pandemic so I can't give I can't give 2020 credit for that one because I was gonna Um, say that transformed your life that it did come in handy though when we were staying at home all the time I dipped a toe into some like interesting cleaning things like I bought that drill bit thing the drill bit brush um, for the shower so you can like it's like a brush that you use on your drill so it's easier to clean Um, I bought like borax and stuff to make whites whiter in the laundry because I was like our whites are never white it's just these little things that you notice I mean kind of I don't know it's just like all little things that you notice when you're at home, but like probably wouldn't have purchased if I wasn't staring and, and sitting inside my home all day. So yeah, I wish I had a fun, ridiculous purchase. I have a couple here and there. I bought some costume items for Zoom calls, Zoom, Whoa. <laughs> Zoom costume parties. I've never seen those. <laughs> well, there's a reason. Um <laughs> I am glad that things are, are loosening up. Vaccines are getting out there. And, you know, one of these days, maybe soon, we'll be able to see each other's decor and yes. experience these things firsthand. Because that's the only kind of sad part is you put a lot of effort into your home and making this space something somewhere you want to be comfortable. And that's great. You should do it for yourself. But, you know, sometimes you want to show it off, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Here's to the day when we are both vaccinated, enough time has elapsed, and I can fly up there safely and check out your gorgeously decorated apartment and nap on your chaise. Now it's time for Making Moves. This is the part of our show where we update you on the homes we've talked about before. And we've got a couple of big updates this week, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, from major homes that we've talked about before. First up, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq. Uh, By big, you mean tall. (laughs) I mean, literally. (laughs) Shaq's Windermere, Florida place. We talked about this back in the beginning of February, his home after years on the market, was finally pending and we were so so glad for Shaq because his home is very weird very (laughs) personalized to Shaq's tastes has a monster truck bed coming out of the wall need we say more um so we were we were glad that he finally found somebody who was willing to put up with that sadly though his home is back on the market it is uh when we talked about this house, uh, when we saw that it was pending slash contingent, it was um, listed for $16.5 million, and it's back on the market for 16.5. So 
something happened, and this happens with expensive purchases like this, funding falls through, the person decides, no, I don't want a monster truck bed anymore. Um, But this is a heartbreaker. This is a heartbreaker for sure, because we were just so excited that Shaq was able to sell his highly customized home. Um, I'm sure he'll be okay, but back on the market it goes. It does. Speaking of another house that, uh, or speaking of houses that have been on the market for a long time, um, this one's a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit uh, better news. Someone finally snatched up Gloria Estefan's house on Star Island. Um, This is the house, of course, that her husband Emilio um, had purchased for his mother and uh, after she died, they were renting it out. Um, and then they placed it on the market in 2015 for 40 million. And we've seen it go through a couple price cuts, but Rachel discovered that it's contingent today. Yeah. After what six years? Six yeah. years on the market. <laughs> Dang. I I was beginning to think this house would never sell, and I should I should not hold my breath because as we just learned with Shaq. These things can fall through, but yeah, um, this, I remember this one distinctly because they, it has a very underwhelming kitchen. Um, it has a galley kitchen, which is wild for a house that's, um, with like an eight figure price tag. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that, that price tag comes from the fact that it is, um, Bayfront, it's on Star Island, which is the incredibly um, exclusive man-made island um, in Miami Beach where a bunch of really rich and or famous people live. Gloria Stefan's been a resident forever. Um, And yeah, it's, uh, it's contingent. So we'll see who scoops this one up. And that's it for making moves. Short and sweet, but um, two very interesting and big houses. Big developments. Yep. Big developments. All right. Let's move on to winners and losers. This is the segment, the end of the show, where we talk about celebrities and the homes that they bought, sold, or rented. Let's start with our loser. Our loser this week is Derek Jeter. Red Sox fans rejoice. Derek Jeter (laughs) is our loser because he slashed $2 million off the price of his famous New York Castle property house thing. Um, (laughs) That's the technical term for it. Yeah. It's in Greenwood, New York, which is like, I think it's like an hour and a half outside of the city. So um, it's one of those properties that's like, if you want to spend the weekend in the city, you can. But if you want to escape, you can live here. It also looks like a castle. So it's kind of like weird. Um, like legitimately like a castle. Yeah. Like with, I don't, I don't know the tr- the correct term for these things. But turrets. Like, tur- turrets, turrets and the... Um, and it's sitting on a body of water that makes it look like it's a moat. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it sort of looks like uh, medieval times. It does. It's a bizarre property. It's a huge property, though. It's over 12,000 square feet, and it's on a four-acre lot. Um, it's right on Greenwood Lake. So, you know, it's for someone who loves boating, um there's a pool it looks 
it's a nice piece of property. It looks very private. The decor is just weird. Hideous. <laughs> Hideous and weird. Uh, it's not It's not what I would imagine Derek Jeter going for. No. I must say. It's very surprising. He purchased the property in 2005 for $1.2 million, and then he put a bunch of... <laughs> if you look at these photos, you wouldn't really believe it, but he restored a lot of this estate. Um and he put it on the market in 2018 for 14.7 million. It's now on the market for 12. Point, wait, did I say that right? 14.75 million. Did I say that? You left off the five. Okay, 14.75. Yeah. yeah. So in 2018, 14.75. It's now offered at 12.75. And for that price drop, Derek Jeter is our loser. Want <laughs> want. Um. Okay. Winner. Rachel's, you know, a big fan of Emily in Paris, so you have a lot to say about this place. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything against Emily in Paris. I just haven't seen it. Uh, A lot of people have a lot of things against Emily in Paris, but um, yeah, people thought it was like just stupid, like I did hear it. They thought it was. unbelievable and stupid and privileged kind of content correct which it kind of was (laughs) I I I did watch the whole series um so is like I feel like most stuff out there yeah yeah they were just nitpicking on the show because it was like super popular um why are we talking about Emily in Paris because the star (laughs) Lily Collins uh, is our winner and she sold her house in Beverly Hills for a million dollars more than she her dad bought it for <laughs> so um Lily it's Collins Phil. of course is the daughter of Phil Collins and this house um apparently it's like it's it they call it mid-century there's mid-century maybe it was built in the mid-century but there's certainly some more modern touches to it now um she bought it in 2016 when it came on the market for 8.85 million and she said father phil i want this house and so she ended up paying 4 million dollars over the asking price for it which i mean i know like in a hot market you have to overbid but 4 million dollars over asking yeah that's a lot um, but nonetheless, you know, she's, she's lived there ever since and she recently sold it for 13.5 million. I mean, what, what do we have to say about this house? I, did you, do you see that picture of, um, the entry with the, the, the tropical wallpaper? Yeah. What do you think yeah. of that? Well, I like it. That's way more glam than mid-century. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's mid-century at all. I'd call that. I mean, that's, it's like the Beverly Hills hotel. Yeah. Um, it's the iconic wallpaper kind of right right um no I I don't think that this is mid-century at all um at least the photos that they have for us it's very I would just say contemporary she has the same rug as me oh look at that similar I'm sure hers is way more expensive (laughs) um yeah this house there's a pool there's a pool spa tennis court it's it's a crazy property um but for finding someone who's willing to pay a million dollars over asking lily collins is our winner of the week 
Okay, and that's it for House Party. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to check out any of the stories that we discussed today, you can go to your show notes. We will link to all the stories there. We'll uh, link to stories that have photos. You can read information on these properties. Um, you can also go to realtor.com slash news or Google. Google is your friend to type in realtor.com in the topic and it should pop up. Um, and if you have a free moment, please write us a rating and give us a write, <laughs> give us, write us a rate, write us a review and give us a rating. Right? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, that helps people find our show. It just spreads the word. And we are so appreciative whenever we receive a rating or a review. Yes, we would love to hear from you in the reviews. Or if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. We're podcast at realtor.com. That's singular, podcast at realtor.com. Our inbox is open. So please uh, give us a shout and we'll get back to you. Um, or if you want to find us on social media, we are everywhere. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at House Party Pod on all three. That is where we love to interact with you guys, our listeners, our fans, and talk about the stories and the the news of the day that we've talked about here, share photos of the houses we've been discussing, and just have general merriment. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you later. Bye. Bye.